0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, across this great nation and around the world. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to CourtsideHeat.com, the pod edition, if you will, baby. That's the American Dream Dusty Roads. for all you listening out there. We are so excited to be with you. We got tons of stuff on store. On tap for you today, breaking it all down. But I couldn't do it without my main man, the master of ceremonies, the polar opposite of what Stan Van Gundy is, the man that Adrian Wojanowski only dreams that he could be. And, of course, he's got hair, unlike Woj. I got Josh. Josh, how are you, pal? I'm doing good. How are you doing? And if I was doing any better, I'd have to be twins. And if we sound out of breath, you didn't get that joke. Shame on you. If we sound out of breath, you're probably out of breath. We had massive breaking news that we're going to cover up front right away. People have been asking for us, our take on it, on Twitter all week long. Here you're going to get it in the pod form because I am the pod father. and uh, Josh is going to give you all of that before we jump into today's podcast. You know what it is that we're going to do. Look, people are hitting us with the podcast all over the place. They're reaching us on SoundCloud. Let's just tell you where, first and foremost, you can find Courtside Heat, the podcast, because some of you are like, hey, man, are you on iTunes? Yes, we're on iTunes. Hey, but I got an Android. That's fine. Find us on the Google Play Store, wherever you know the Googler does the podcast. We're also on SoundCloud. And will we do this on YouTube yet? Do you upload these to YouTube? No, not yet. Yeah, so we... apparently uh, he hasn't discovered YouTube yet. Oh, I've discovered
1: YouTube. He says,
0: yeah. But maybe we'll be there. Look, Courtside Heat, the podcast, can be found anywhere. Most people are digging in on SoundCloud, iTunes, and you can do it at the Google Play Store. Listen, do us a favor. If you like us, rate us. Five stars, that'd be beautiful. Tell the world why this is the best basketball podcast going today. Even though that we don't have a set schedule for it and we're not very good at you know doing it on time every time and getting our audience comfortable with it, but we're working on that. We're working on that. We got lives, people. It's just kind of how it goes. Although this is a portion of our life. Now,
1: wait a minute. I have what? to set preference.
0: If you hate us, do not write a review.
1: Only positive.
0: No, if you hate us, write us that review too. But be constructive, you nitwits. If there's something that you don't like, put it in the comments. Like, hey, I'd like to talk about Patrick Ewing's socks a little bit more. Okay. We can do that. Right? This is still a crowd-driven podcast. You, the fans, are driving uh, the narrative. I'm with Josh, though. If you're just a troll being a troll troll somebody else there's plenty of you out there and as you all know because how you found us everywhere was through the mothership courtsideheat.com courtsideheat.com is absolutely blowing up the daily visitors everything that we got going on it's unbelievable we got in-depth articles we got videos we got short articles we got it all and it's all happening at courtsideheat.com but for those of you that can't sit there and read, we get it. We got you because we're all over social media as well. So we got some changes to social media. So listen up, pinheads. Obviously, you can find us at twitter.com/slash courtsideheat. You can find us on facebook.com/slash courtsideheat. You can find us on Instagram at uh, instagram.com/slash courtsideheatnba. We are on Parlor. However, due to the massive suppression that's happening everywhere, Parlor is currently offline. But just like the American spirit, Parlor will be back shortly, as will the American spirit. We are currently evaluating other social media platforms. I think we gotta get wider. I think our audience is getting wider. As our audience is leaving Twittergram, Instagram, Twittergram. What in the hell is Twitter? Where did you get Twittergram?
1: <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> said
0: Twittergram. He, uh, yeah, he said he, he said, said right, Twittergram. Uh, I would
1: say like if you're just talking about Facebook, Facebook. That was I like that I was like saying. a Bill
0: Belichick moment that Facegram. I love Bill Belichick, although uh, he's a bit of a putz now too. But anyway. Look, our audience is shifting. We know that, right? So it's shifting a little bit away from Instagram. It's shifting away from Twitter. It's, it's shifting away from fascist Bobby and Facebook. And um, so we may go there, right? Here's the problem. Uh, gab.com. Gab's a great social networking site, place that we're going to consider going to. They are slammed. They've had something like 30 million people sign up uh, off of off these other social media platforms going over there. Uh, so we don't have an established account. So when we do, we'll be making the announcements on Twitter, Instagram, and obviously Courtside Heat. Look, who knows what's going to happen. If you don't see us one day on Twitter, don't stress. Just come to CourtsideHeat.com. You'll find out where we are. Uh, and I would like, and obviously we're on on the YouTuber, um, from what I understand, and Rumble. Look, Rumble is really cool, and and we're hoping to start doing more on Rumble. Maybe we'll start uploading these podcasts on Rumble. Which would be a great idea because a lot of people are going over to the rumble machine and all of that. Josh is leaving the building. He's he's leaving. He's leaving, like a Republican leaving Twitter. What, what is he doing? No, he's coming back. I have to grab it. I'm putting on the light. I'm not going to sit here in dark. So, in so there we God. go. So, and, and if they invent something called Twittergram, we'll, we'll ultimately be there as well. So look, um, like really cool stuff, fun stuff. We do a lot of videos on there, getting thousands of views on, on a lot of the videos that we're doing on Twitter, doing a lot of in-game tweeting and that sort of thing. So a lot of cool stuff happening. But the big one. The big one, it's happening. I'm telling you, it's blowing up. It's also happening at courtsideheat.com forward slash store. Courtsideheat.com forward slash store. And you guys know the drill at this point. If you follow us on social media, if you listen to this podcast, you know. We got it all. From trading cards to collectible to, st- to vintage starting lineup NBA figures to books To DVDs, I know books, you know, those things with words, you animals. There's actually those things out there called books. Anyway, it's all on there. If you want to be on the Macari machine, we get that. It's courtsideheatstore.com. That'll take you directly to Macari. But we got it all. In fact, we just sold the the Connie Hawkins autograph uh, not too long ago. The Phoenix Suns card's been blowing up. I know DeAndre Aiden went. Um, I know uh, some old school cards went. What was the old school that went with, uh, what was the two the other day?
1: It was um, it was Eddie Jones and Nick Van Axel. What else? Stockton. What else? What else?
0: what else?
1: Then we had John Stockton. Then we had a Marcus Smart Rookie card that
0: went. Oh, yeah, Marcus Smart Rookie card for all you Bostonian pinheads out there. Uh, so yeah, all good stuff, man. Courtsideheat.com forward slash store. We got all kinds of crazy sales, discounts, and things happen on the store. But if you want to pay full blown retail and then some, by all means, go to Macari. Courtsideheat, uh, Courtsideheatstore, Courtsideheatstore.com, Courtsideheat.com for store. Um, Courtsideheatstore.com. What is it? I'm saying it's Courtsideheat.store. Court, court. Side heat. I don't. Th- you think? I think so. It's really, really, is popping. So to get to Macari, it is courtsideheat.store. Heat dot store. Courtside Now listen. One other update before we jump into everything. Still doing the Amazon thing, right?
1: Yo, yeah, still doing Amazon.
0: So here's kind of the cool part, guys. It takes time and money to put the podcast together to put the videos together so the one thing that we ask uh, from the people that are coming to our website you want to buy something on amazon click on one of the amazon ads that you see you know you can search for whatever that you want on amazon through there it doesn't cost you anything more you can still all use your all of your prime benefits and all of those different things but it helps out the site it helps out the show it helps out the videos it's a really cool thing. Just like when you give us a thumbs up on the YouTuber Machine, it, 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 when you do the thumbs up on the videos and stuff like that, we get put into another algorithm. If you're on Rumble and you give us a Rumble, it goes into another algorithm. But when you're on courtsideheat.com and if you buy stuff on Amazon, you know, consider just clicking on our Amazon link that's in there that's showing some really cool products and different things. Go into Amazon, buy whatever you want, We get a small commission. It helps us do the videos. It helps us do the podcast. It doesn't cost you anything more. So, why not help another hoop head in courtsideheat.com keep producing the same great content that you guys know and love? With that said, we've spent the first 10 minutes showing everything that we do from social media to the store and everything in between. Totally stoked about that, guys. So here we go. Let's break it off, break it down with breaking news number one. Let's go to that. No, 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 no. Let's do, let's do the trade. Let's do the trade first. We'll come back to all the other breaking news. All the other ones. By the way, I, I think we're out of LaMelo Ball rookie cards, or do we still have one?
1: We have one left.
0: We got one left. And so he's going to be a topic in the breaking news, actually something I didn't know until now. Uh, so listen, this is the time to get your Lamella Ball cards. You're going to find out in breaking news. But let's break down the trade. If 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 uh, you've been sleeping under sleeping under a rock, uh, you've been fasting from social media, as the case may be. Plump James Harden has been shipped uh, by the request of KD, and I'll talk about that in a bit. Out of Houston, in a blockbuster trade. But what's really interesting about it, not many people care. I'll also explain that. Josh, give the people the details of the trade, player movements, teams involved, and then I'm going to give you a little analysis. Lay it on the pleeps.
1: Yeah, cool okay, so this was a blockbuster trade, not only featuring uh, James Harden, but before we get into the players, we had a four-way trade. We had the Nets.
0: Cuatro. Due, cuatro. For all of our Spanish-speaking friends south of the border. Cuatro. We had the
1: Nets, Rockets, Cavaliers, and the Pacers. Of course, notable names like Victor Oladipo came out of this. Carrots of So let's just jump into it. The Nets obviously gave up a lot to get James Harden. They gave... Up around the Rockets in total got four first round draft picks Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum.
0: And one of those was a protected first rounder from the Cavs, right? Right. That's, that's actually a pretty significant first round pick. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't really interrupt. Go when ahead. someone's
1: protected like that, you're gold. Yeah. That's a key piece. Yeah, that's
0: a big piece. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, then, of course, Brooklyn got James Harden, Cleveland got Jared Allen for the Nets, Tore- Toreen Prince. I'm saying Tari and Prince however you uh, say his name. It yeah. was uh, also from the Nets. Then cares a went to the Pacers. Now, there is something unofficial in this part. That Victor Oladipo and I believe Kare's a are unofficial to his trade because they need to pass their fiscals first. Okay. So, yeah, that's a key part. But, yeah, this trade was huge. Not only for the draft picks, not only for the players, but... And there's blowing up now that in Brooklyn, you have now Kyrie, Katie, and Harden. On paper, that is the new big free in the NBA.
0: Yeah, first and foremost, uh, let's break this down. Um, uh, First of all, uh, Harden, who in his um, wisdom and, and business acumen, Uh, was getting ready to launch a restaurant, which is getting crushed in reviews right now in Houston called 13 uh, during a pandemic, right? So uh, good stuff there. Uh, So we'll see how that restaurant goes. And the last place that James Harden needs to be is in a restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. Look, first and foremost, I think what this is going to do is this is going to take the handcuffs off of Coach Silas, Harden on his way out the door, threw Silas and his teammates under the bus. When you take a look at uh, blowing this thing up, and I'll be honest with you, uh, I think they did a fantastic job of Houston and navigating and getting what it is that they could. I think this is going to be addition by subtraction. I think that uh, this has probably been a couple years running. I think that uh, that's why, uh, you know, probably why D'Antoni didn't want to be a part of the drama anymore. Uh, I think this is going to be good for Christian Wood. Look, everybody wants to play around all-world guys, okay? But uh, this is this is good move for the Houston Rockets, believe it or not. I think, ultimately, they may be the winners in this trade. Let's talk about this from the Nets perspective. First and foremost, when you go to the Vegas Lions and you look at all the odds makers, they say uh, that the Nets are going to come out of the East. I I completely and categorically disagree. If anybody is going online on a podcast, on a TV show right now, that that can conclusively say that the New Jersey or, or the Brooklyn Nets, sorry, old habit, that the Brooklyn Nets are the team to beat in the East, are just simply making things up. Let me let me break this down for you. Well, let me let me break this down for you and I'll have you jump in. Is that okay? Oh yeah, it's fine. Okay. Why did this trade take place? That's the very first question. Who requested the trade and why? Without question. Here's what you need to know. The person calling the shots in the organization for the Brooklyn Nets is Kevin Durant. Period. End of story. He's the one that requested the trade. Now, why would KD ask for the trade? Because he wanted to put a big three together? Absolutely not. So here's why KD requested this trade and why the Nets acquiesced. Because he has absolutely, positively lost faith and confidence in and Kyrie Irving. So the most non-talked-about story that's taking place right now is why Kyrie Irving has taken personal leave from the team, going to parties with Drake, and traveling across Canada. Kyrie Ir- Irving, to his credit, signed a supermax contract, well, what would amount to be a supermax contract. He's making $40 million a year. He simply doesn't want to play the game of basketball. Kevin Durant, who originally signed with the Nets, got hustled, right, by what he thought he was going to get in Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a sheep in wolf's clothing, okay, or is a wolf in sheep's clothing? Sorry, I said it the wrong way. So, while KD is being an adult and coming off what could be a career-ending injury, right? Coming back, thinking he's got his riding partner, his bro, that they can drive because they had the ancillary pieces in place to compete in the East and ultimately compete with LeBron and AD of the West. And if you think anybody's coming out of the West, until LeBron says otherwise, it's probably not happening. Okay? I know I broke my own rule, but I'm trying to have a serious moment. A.D. and the other guy. It makes everybody feel better. So K.D., for his insurance policy, while Kyrie Irving is talking about the earth earth being flat and, and, and the scam that is Thanksgiving and all of these philosophical ideologies that nobody cares about when it comes to K.D., K.D. is just left the team. So here, you have first year coach Steve Nash, who prior to even the season starting, Irving says, we don't even need a coach, because Kev and I are basically like co-coaches on the floor. That's red flag number two. The first red flag was, is when he said, the NBA player shouldn't even play last season because of the fraud of the Black Lives Matter movement. That's me saying that, not Josh. If you want to send your hate tweets, I'd be happy to give you my, my handle a different day. So he didn't even want to play last year. He was called out by Stephen A. Smith and the other NBA players, saying, hey bro, you don't talk for us. Okay? Red flag number one. Irving's making 40 million a season and he has no desire to play basketball. Now understand what's happening right now. Could you imagine if the other guy in Los Angeles decided to take a sabbatical that nobody was talking about? What are the reasons? Where are the reasons? There are no reasons. he, he he's gone he's been he just got fined I think eight hundred thousand dollars for partnering with Drake or whatever it is maybe it's eighty I have no idea what it is it's a gigantic gigantic sum of money I'm sure our listeners will correct me on on that and you can do that at courtside heat on Twitter you know, hey it wasn't eight hundred it was eighty but the, the fact of the matter is now he's with and when he decides to rejoin the team because he's out there partying with other people he's got to do a fourteen day quarantine. The losers in this, believe it or not, are the Nets if they keep Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's a cancer, right? It was LeBron's fault, you, you see. Remember, when he was in Cleveland, it's LeBron's fault. Everything was about LeBron. He didn't want to play with LeBron. So he went to Boston, right? You got Tatum. You got all these guys in Boston. Boston is on the on the Of of really great things. Brad Stevens. Players coach. Everybody loves Brad Stevens. Everybody loves Tatum. Everybody loves Margaret. Nope. It's all their fault. It it wasn't Kyrie Irving's fault. So they get rid of him. Goes to the Nets. Gets his boy. Right? Kevin Durant. Durant now sees. Okay. It wasn't LeBron's fault. It wasn't the Celtics' fault. Oh boy. Now when, when Kyrie Irving's played this year play quite well when he's played. He doesn't have an injury. He's got a screw loose. There's something else there. If I were the Nets, I'd unload him ASAP. And to my knowledge, and Josh can check this, I don't believe he doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract. Will you check that for me?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now.
0: So now, first-year head coach... (laughs) This, Steve Nash, great player, MVP player, Hall of Fame player, has been, I mean, he's not, look, this organization isn't the Miami Heat, where, where you got Mickey as the owner, you got Pat Riley backing you up as Eric Spolstra, and let's be honest, why did the big three in Miami work so well? Bosh did not demand the ball. Okay? D. Wade and LeBron. LeBron, Look, LeBron's one of the most selfless superstars of all time. But you got Mickey running that thing as the owner. But you got Pat Riley as the president and chief czar in Miami. Spoelstra was good. He could run that team as he saw fit. Who's the alpha? There is no Pat Riley in the Nets. What did you see? You see anything about a no trade clause?
1: No, nothing.
0: Okay. Not a big deal. I, I don't believe he does. Uh, that's incredibly rare uh, in the NBA. Okay. I, I mean I think LeBron has I have no idea, right? It doesn't matter. You need to, look, so now you got Steve Nash right right there. Now I understand he's got veterans, assistants, but you got Steve Nash, and he's thinking to himself. If this thing goes wrong, I'm the only person getting the blame, right? Because that's kind of the position the league is in. Make no mistake, Kevin Durant was the one that pulled the trigger on this trade. He didn't do it because he wanted his big three. He did it as an insurance policy because of the wackiness, the bonkiness that is Kyrie Irving. And what he got was a fat James Harden, who I suspect will work his way into shape at some point. We could talk about all those other ancillary pieces and what it does for Indianapolis and what it does for Houston, but the truth of the matter is, that's why this trade happened. That's the only reason this trade happened. It's most likely the only team that would have made this trade that's a fact. There's a lot of teams out there with assets that could have probably offered a better deal to Houston if they wanted James Harden, but they don't. KD does. Probably a lot of black channel or back channel, de- sorry, black back channel dealing. Sorry about that back channel dealing between KD and James Harden and James saying I'm gonna get myself into shape, I'm gonna be, you know, 20, 2015, 2016, 2017 beard, don't worry about it, I got you bro, I didn't wanna be on this team, blah, blah, blah. What else is KD supposed to do? Really, here's the problem, and then I'm gonna let you jump in, I'm sorry. KD pulls the trigger This entire organization is completely wiped out now. Just like it did when it traded for the big three, Pierce, Rondo, and Garnett. Mortgaging the future, these big three are completely different than that big three. But what makes an NBA team so special is one or two stars, two stars, and then all the necessary players, the rim protectors, the rebounders, the defenders, the the spot up shooters, all of that kind of stuff, big deal, right? Los Angeles has shown that you can win a title. Now I understand that the other guy and AD are pretty special, especially the other guy, right? But if you look at the pieces around them, that Marcus All is a big deal, right? Kyle Kuzma is a big deal. All of those sort of players that you need to win a title. Have gone by the wayside, and the last time I checked, the last time I checked, the Nets don't have Giannis, and Giannis will have a lot to say what happens in the East, and so will the 76ers. I'm going to touch on them in a second. Your thoughts? Sorry.
1: Oh, well, it got um, yeah. I think yeah. I totally agree with you, Kyrie Irving. To me, it in Stephen A. Smith point uh, just nailed this on the head. If he does not want to play anymore, make him just just sell himself retire. Cause the problem is, he does not want to play. My fear is, if he comes back, because he's eligible to come back this Saturday, if he comes back, let's say that this team actually finds someone for the month, I don't want to have Kyrie on Brooklyn's team in the coming years because he's just going to be pulling all this stuff out. And you could say it was because of this, because of that. You should have never left when your team needed you the most.
0: Look, it's ridiculous that somebody making $40 million a year that is, on paper, a cornerstone to a franchise takes a personal leave for no reason. I'm floored that that's not a bigger story than what it is. That tells you a lot about where the NBA is in the sports lexicon world, I suppose, but could you imagine back in the 90s if, you know, Jordan took a couple weeks off? And I'm, I'm not comparing the two. And I understand Rodman took a couple days during the Bulls dynasty to go party out in Vegas till Jordan came and got him. Uh, I get that, but we're talking about two completely different things. Could you imagine if Bird or Joe Dumars, right? Or Dirk Nowitzki, right? Or back in the Phoenix Suns days, what, like if Amari, Said, "Hey, I'm good. I'll see you. you know, I need some time away. It, it, it's a, it's a huge deal. I'm I'm with you. They need to trade him. They need to trade him now. What does all this mean from a team perspective? Look, KD is so good that he can still get 32 points tonight, taking 16 shots. He'll get to the line. He'll get his. But the only way these two other two score are ball dominant. And that's just a fact. Harden is ball dominant. Kyrie is ball dominant." Um, again, I, it, begs, it begs the question, I mean, why not re-sign D'Angelo Russell? You could have KD, Harden, and Russell. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's something more to that guy. Uh, Nets didn't want him. Golden State didn't want him. And I don't really know what he's doing at the Timberwolves. It really doesn't matter. But, uh, look, I like it uh, because uh, you and I have something to talk about, this train wreck and this social experiment you know, for the next few months of what's going to be happening. But can I tell you who the happiest guy in this whole thing? Who do you think the happiest guy in this whole trade thing is? Oh, I, to
1: me, it would be curious.
0: No, it's Ben Simmons.
1: So I've heard of this, i can going to be the happiest guy.
0: Happiest guy in the NBA, and here's why. He knows that's his team now. That's Simmons and Embiid, that's their team. He doesn't have to worry about that Harden thing hanging over his head like it has for the last four or five months. They brought in Daryl Morey. They brought, you know, they did all this and that that thing was out there for a while, right? I mean Morey and Harden were as tight as tight could be. I don't know if Doc Kaiboshed it. I don't know if it was the owners, the guys that own Fanatics, they own, you know, the 76ers. But Ben Simmons right now is the happiest guy in the NBA because he knows that this is his team, his and Joel Embiid's team. And he doesn't have to worry about it. it's hard and common. Am I going? Where am I going? What is this going to look like? I think Doc Rivers is the right coach for Ben Simmons. I think he's the happiest guy in the NBA. I think he's relieved. He's not going to be a part of this soap opera. He doesn't have to worry about it anymore. I think it's a big deal for Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, cuz as we're talking about that, the 76ers have reports coming out where this close of trading Ben Simmons is one of the assets. This close. The only thing that's copped them was was the Nets, but he was that close getting traded, and that was the scary part. But here's the I think story. that would
0: have ruined the 76ers for years to come. And this isn't me picking on the beard. I don't know where the beard's head is at. I don't know why the beard got ballooned so big. I have no idea. Maybe it's his way to try to force himself out of Houston. I, I don't know. Uh, just like you were what you were talking about, Barkley. What were you talking about with Barkley?
1: It's like the same situation with Barkley. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to get drafted. To Philly, so he was trying to put out all this wine by going to restaurants, eating out, getting as fast as he can so the team when not get him. Ironically, <laughs> it didn't work. He stuck.
0: Right, and it was probably it was probably amazing, right, that that he went to the 76ers. That's that's where the legend of Sir Charles, you know, really started. So, look, I, there's going to be a lot to come. We can dissect this. We would to give you a different approach and an angle to the trade of. This is who made the trade. This is why the trade happened. It has nothing to do with the big three. If anybody tells you otherwise, they they simply don't really have a pulse of what's happening in the Nets, in the NBA, in the dynamics of the psyches of that team. So, anything else you want to pile on with this trade? Or- yeah, you know
1: what I was just about to ask. Yeah, I think the reason why this Kyrie Irving's not a big name right now in the headlines, because they know he's nothing. Kyrie's actually a player that's interesting. The Cavs, he was as great when he had Kevin Love and LeBron James around him. Why did he not stick with Boston? He knew he couldn't be there. Everybody was going to outmatch him. He was not going to be the dominant part, the dominant voice in that locker room. That's why he went with the Brooklyn. He's like, that's why he made the comments about Steve Nash. He doesn't want a dominant voice. He knew he needs somebody to carry him, Then not talk trash about him, just to get his way to leave. That's what he did with Cleveland. That's what he would do with Boston.
0: Yeah. Again, I. There's obviously a lot more to the story. I mean, we could spend the next hour talking about the eclectic and 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 crazy mind of of Kyrie Irving. Um, look, this soap opera that is Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets is going to unfold. Uh, but if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm on the phone with anyone and everyone. Uh, I, I don't care if it's the Knicks. I don't care if it's uh, the Lakers don't have any assets. But the truth of the matter is, I don't, I don't know who wants him, uh, quite honestly. Uh, he's become toxic. He's become toxic uh, with, with GMs and with owners within the NBA. So, look, you're right. He wants to be the alpha. The problem is, he doesn't know how to be the alpha. And I'm not sure that once he becomes the alpha, prior to KD and Brooklyn, that he can actually be the alpha. Because he's had that opportunity. I mean, I don't think there was a better opportunity for him to have success than what he could have had in Boston. I mean, you look at that team and they would have kept him with Kemba and Tatum and Smart and all these guys that are there. Jalen Brown, I mean, that, that man, Boston could have been dominant for years. I see what Ainge was trying to put together. Now you see what you can see, right? So, look, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's going to be an amazing little soap opera. It'll be something to watch. It'll probably be something that we talk about pretty consistently here on Portside, Port, CourtsideHeat.com, the podcast, and really cool stuff. Let's jump into the other breaking news. Number two, what you got, Josh? Oh, am are to combine this one since it's of two
1: Wizard players. Okay. So, besides the Wizard's trash record, more bad news. As we already know, Thomas Bryant... Is done for the season with a torn ACL, and this is not the way the Wizards wanted to go because he was actually picking up speed, actually helping to t- actually helping his team out on the court. He was rebounding, he was stopping, he was playing offense, defense very well, and that just came to a halt. Also, uh, Russell Westbrook has been dealing with a quad injury that will make him be reevaluated at the end this week. Not something you want to see heading into this, so that means that Otto Porter is your last hope. But you're saying he's been getting 30, 40, 50, 60-plus games.
0: Who is Bradley Beal? What are you talking about?
1: Oh, I mean Bradley Beal.
0: Wait. Yeah. Where'd you go, insider? Yeah, Bradley Beal. Yeah, Bradley Beal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you kept calling James
1: Wiseman Larry Wiseman.
0: We'll talk about Larry Wiseman later. <laughs> no, look, you're, you're, you're spot on. I'll tell you what, uh, he's in a hot seat right now, Scotty Brooks. Scotty Brooks, the head coach of, of the Wizards, You know, he had a nice run in Oklahoma City back in the day. They let him go. I'm not sure that Washington was the right landing spot. I can understand why it was so attractive when he took the job, right? You had a non-injured John Wall. You had a young Bradley Beal. Man, those are two great cornerstones. Obviously, that didn't work out. John Wall's over in Houston now. Going to be teaming up with Christian Wood, Victor Oladipo. I really kind of like what Houston's doing. Bradley Beal, uh, Russell Westbrook. Look, I, I don't know, but I know I know this. Uh, uh, this could be, Scotty Brooks could be one of the very first coaches fired this season. Something to keep your eye on uh, as things go. All right, breaking news number three. What you got? All right, here's a little appreciation from Amelo Ball. This is
1: record-breaking as he is the youngest player in NBA history to average triple-double in a game as he's just being out Martel Fultz and to do it within 177 days.
0: Yeah, prayers up, Martel Fultz, man. Was really starting to put some things together. Injured, done for the year, you know, that whole thing. Look, uh, that's what you're going to get with LaMelo Ball in his rookie year, right? You're going to get Feast and famine. you know, his debut, nothing. Then he gets a triple-double. Uh, that's gonna be the maturation, you know with Gordon Hayward and all of those guys and that that team. So who is it that you're gonna get? How are they gonna get it, right? What lamello ball? Uh, that's gonna be kind of the fun part. That's why I'm saying courtside heatat dot store, we got one lamello ball rookie card left. It makes sense to get there. Get that card because if this kid puts the act together, I promise you, which we're selling it for right now. It's going to be five, six times by the end of the season. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. I mean, that's what you get. That's what you get with rookies. That's what you get with rookies that have really no uh, hardcore college or or semi-pro experience. You're going to have feast or famine uh, that particular day, 177 days, making him the youngest player in NBA history to get a triple-double in a game. LaMelo Ball, good work out of you. Breaking news item next one.
1: Okay, this is something that happened last night during the Warriors, during the Warriors game when we were covering it. Uh, Nerf, Nerf, uh, Nerfic of the Portland Trail Players has suffered a fraction right wrist injury that will force them to be out for eight weeks.
0: Yeah. Huge yeah. blow. Yeah, a huge blow. Uh, you know, look, like everything else, right? Each team has to try to figure out how they're going to navigate injuries, Some are more severe than others. Some can cripple an entire team for an entire season, right? Portland should be okay, right? They still have the stores. They still have the things. Eight weeks a long time. Uh, But, yeah, uh, he'll get better and, and get back at it. Do we have any other breaking news?
1: Final one of the day, and this is for two players that won part of the week for week three of the NBA. Mm. It is announced for Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic.
0: Yeah, one player of the week for week three of the NBA season. Uh, Luka in the news recently. Paul Pierce, Boston Celtic great, uh, as everybody knows, came out and said that he thought that Luka Doncic was the most talented overall player in the NBA She's what could have been for our Phoenix Suns. Um, taking Doncic over DeAndre Ayton. he wouldn't had to make the Chris Paul trade. I think it would have been something pretty special, Booker and Doncic, but that's okay. Uh, we got our guy in Aiden, Um and he's scoring uh, 10 points a game. Uh, but, yeah, Luka Doncic, I mean, listen, I think I think he's the next big thing uh, that's already here. Uh, I just, man, I hope Kristoff Porzingis really can get back in a form i like to see, even though I'm not a Cuban guy i really like to see what those guys could do together. Very cool, Jason Tatum, I mean, he's an all-around stud. He will be for the next 10, 15 years, you can go ahead and put him in the Hall of Fame. And yes, I did say that. All right! Topic number, I listen, I know, guys, we covered a lot with that trade. Um, listen, uh, earmark what I said to you, and what Josh said to you about why this trade happened and all those different things. We spent a great deal of this breaking news section, I don't know how long, but that's about as deep of, of a drill down to this trade. I'm sure Josh is, is gonna be doing a lot on social media, maybe cutting this up, not full podcast, but doing this in snippets. You know, share this with people. You think you got people that know the NBA. If they really understand who made the trade, why it's happening, and what you need to see next, you need to break down that or have, listen to that 15 minutes over and over again and get fans of the Nets and, and, and KD and all those guys, um, you know, are really the reason why this is all happening. So uh, let's let's go off to the other section because we've been promising this. Uh, you wanted to do what? I
1: wanted to review the NBA draft. I did it. The NBA draft happened a long time ago. But this is going to play into some questions that we have. For these players at the end of the season, what could happen with them?
0: Yeah, no doubt. So, we're going to break it down for you. We're going to take, I don't know, you want to take three guys? Let's take three guys.
1: Let's take top three picks in an NBA draft.
0: Yeah, let's break it down with Anthony Edwards, uh, James, don't call me Larry Wiseman, and uh, LaMelo Ball, the the aforementioned triple-double guy. Let's kind of break it down. Uh, And Josh, you break it down for us. Let's start with Anthony Edwards. And let's talk about where he's great, where he's bad, and uh, take it from there.
1: Okay, perfect. Let's
0: jump into
1: it. Okay, as we know, he's the number one pick in the NBA Draft, went to the Timberwolves. Perfect. This dude's physicality and height is a major part of his game, and a major factor of him being the number one pick. He is amazing when it comes to attacking the basket, getting inside, and matching up against someone bigger and or taller. He's a great fit for this team, great fit for their offense. Imagine this. Imagine D'Lo, Cat, and Edwards. They're going to be a deadly um, deadly offensive threat Uh, to to his opposing team's defense. Because he was saying you can have Cat on the down low, d lo shooting a ri- um, and nailing explosive freezing jumpers, and having Edwards hand 12 to 15 uh, feet jumpers and just using his strength to the rim. Now, that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, but some of these stats in the last three games, were man, not so good.
1: Last three games, but hold on, I have to say, Cat's is experiencing wrist injuries. He's not been on the team. This Timberwolves... You're season. the number one
0: pick, my man. You're the number one pick. Rookies have your up and down game. Number one pick. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, I understand. He's 19. I get it. Yeah, he's,
1: it's, it's like Zion with his growing pace. I know i Zion. I'm,
0: he's got much bigger problems because of Stan Van Gundy.
1: Yeah, there goes that um, man's career. But yeah, that that way he has to offer. Now, all the Anthony A... Uh, the Anthony Edwards fans will be hating on me for now, criticizing all of his weaknesses. Okay, terrific at being a shooter. We saw that during his college days, and even though he's having his rough spots in the NBA now, he's still a great shooter. But the one thing he struggles on and is pretty decent at is being a playmaker and a passer. He, Since being in college, he's only been averaging two assists per game. He's not a big passer. No, no, he's
0: a shooting guard, right? So yeah. that, that's 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 why.
1: That's why. But still, I feel as though you have to be more explosive and be more um, around, um, all around type player. If you're, that's great, you're going to be a shooter, but you also have to be a better playmaker. Well, you got to be a better
0: shooter. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So on, let's just take December twenty-six against the Jazz. He had 22 minutes, 18 points, 8-12 shooting. That's by far and away his best game as a pro was his first game. The Lakers, 29 29 minutes, 15 points. You're like, okay, 15 points isn't bad. He went 6 for 21 from the field. He shot 27% or something crazy. Then he goes to the clip joint, 25 minutes, 12 points. Wizards, 26 minutes, 17 points on 7-16 shooting. Then he completely disappeared against the Nuggets, 23 minutes, 5 points. Two days later against the Nuggets, 26 minutes, 15 points. Should I go? that's okay, but that's on 6 of 19 of shooting, 1 for 7 from 3. Yeah, oh. and that
1: was, one the, that was one of the notes I had down there about his shooting, like his inconsistency. Wait
0: a minute, though. 1-7, January 7th, he goes to the Trailblazers. Plays his most minutes at 31 minutes, has 26 points. You're like, hey, 26 points. He was 9 for 21 shooting. That's brutal. Uh, Spurs, he had 13. And then he threw up a goose egg on January 10th. 0 for 8 from the field. 0 for 2 from 3 point. He's not getting to to the foul line, obviously. 18 minutes, 0 points. He follows up that horrible performance. 17 minutes against the Grizz. Against the Grizz! Two points on one for six shooting. So, if we're going to talk about the weaknesses, this this lies in what you're saying. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, that's okay. And that, that's very valuable what you're saying because it's not what you're supposed to expect out of a number one pick. That's Martel Fultz's play right there. No. Okay, I'm sorry. He's a little better than Martel Fultz. <laughs> Martell. Martell. But, yeah, um, going off the shooting, confidence. He'll take it from anywhere. But just taking from... In college and what not hanging to the pros, his shot's very inconsistent and the bad part for him, he only does two things and it does not seem to be going well so far. All he does is drive to the hoop or just take these longer than needed jump shots. Because the free points is not a thing so he's just taking these deep twos that's not really helping the team out. So he needs to find a better way, a different way to get against the basket. I love that he's using his physicality for great use. I love that he's going up strong to the basket, but he's just doing that repeatedly. And he's not doing anything else special. He's just going up, and the team's defensive schemes are going to pinpoint that and just lock him down. That's well, they're already
0: locking him down. I mean, he's shooting 26% from behind the arc. He's shooting 37% from the floor. So what he's trying to figure out right now is finishing on the NBA level. It's one thing to do it in the weak SEC uh, playing at Georgia and SEC basketball, which it's, SEC is not known for basketball. Football, of course, but not basketball. This is a whole different ball game. I well, grant it; it's not that many games in, but still, these are these are pretty bad numbers uh, for a shooting guard. No doubt about it. Sorry.
1: And yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much all I have for him. Playmaking and his inconsistency are just oh. And I believe this was him. Oh yeah, one more thing is, uh, a uh, scary thing for picking first overall pick, but it had great guts by the Timberwolves. His love of the game was in question. If he should soon it's because he was a great athlete, or if he actually loved the game, and that's what everybody was taking his hot takes on. All of like Bleacher Report, ESPN, even us were questioning him about his playing style, his type of. Enthusiasm towards the game Especially coming out of college
0: Yeah I mean no doubt Look I mean you got a. I, I was struck by You and I were both watching uh, The end of the Spurs uh, Houston Rockets game last night And uh, when they kicked it back To the uh, the studio You know with Shaq and, and Sir Charles And um, Kenny and, and, and Ernie You know what it is they kept focusing With their, their interview with Christian Wood was, you know, uh, he kept saying over and over and over again, the Mamba mentality, not even taking a possession off and those sort of things. You know, and look what Christian Wood has done for himself. All the times getting cut, you know, 10-day contracts and this, that, and the other thing. Not drafted first overall or anything like that. It's really hard. And I'm not saying that's going to be Anthony Edwards, but, boy, you want to find that sort of mentality out. It just the striking difference in the attitude, the passion, the love, the the desire of a Christian Wood. Uh, look I mean look at look at the mindset between Christian Wood and Kyrie Irving. Right? I mean Anthony Edwards is what, I don't know, 10, 12 games in I have no idea how many games in it's not many. Right? That that's gonna play itself out for, for the love of the game and how he wants like he's gonna now he has to work. Right? So everything that Josh was was talking about as far as you know, the shot and, and this and driving the hoop and getting better and his mid-range game and this, that, and the other thing. Um, your national your natural athleticism in the NBA only gets you for so long, for so far, right? It's how much are you willing to work? What are you willing to do to commit to the game to becoming that player? Are you going to be a one-and-done uh, in the sense of you're a first overall pick, but you're out of the league in, you know, six, seven years and you were on four teams? Or are you going to be that guy that's going to involve? Does that mean Anthony Edwards is going to go to the Hall of Fame? Nope. Does that mean he's going to be in the bus? Nope. Uh, but there's been nothing. There hasn't been that highlight moment yet, that wow moment yet from Anthony Edwards. Uh, and he has that advantage right now, right? He's playing with Ricky Rubio. And one of the, what did Ricky Rubio say early in the year? These guys are going to have a problem. They're playing selfish basketball. They're not learning how to play the game. And that's coming from a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Uh, so obviously... Um, there's a lot of things that, that have to get worked out. Saunders has got to get it worked out there. Kat's got to get it worked out, uh, that whole thing. So, yeah, man, great breakdown of Anthony Edwards. Love what you did there. I think you're spot on. It'll be interesting to see uh, what we should do at the end of the season is kind of you know grade that, that top ten again and see who did what, who was the breakout player, who was the biggest disappointment, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But let's break down number doors, And that would be James... Don't call me Larry Weissman out of the University of Memphis, home of Penny Hardaway. What you got? Okay, perfect. So as we know, James Weissman
1: went to the Warriors, and so far, not looking bad, not looking bad, especially when uh, when we were watching that game yesterday. He had some moments. He had some buckets. and But the thing I love most about him, Besides his strength, athleticism, and height, that all work together for Wiseman, he's like a beast in transition, and he's a lockdown center, because what we noticed in college, he loved blocking those shots, he filled those gaps on defense, he was breaking down those guards and shooters coming to the lane. shot blocking was a key for him. Plus protecting the rim and rebounding was on fire. He was probably like a madman when he was in call when he was playing high school called was leading up to here. And here's are thing, not many big men can do this. And this is very impressive. But his like um his transition, his transition game is amazing. Like the fast break, he can run. When he grabs that rebound, we've seen him. He just runs to every side of the court. His dribble moves are amazing. He just takes from one end to another, and he just finishes himself. That's something most center one big man that I like is like a true center that's trying to involve his big man, especially as a rookie. Do not does not do uh, does not do very well, but he's doing an amazing life.
0: Yeah, I mean to to kind of to kind of touch on your point. Uh, well, first of all, Larry. Um, Has to have his body evolve. Uh, He does not have a center's body. He does not have a center's physique. You got to play 82 games in the NBA. They've played a handful. Um, So when you're talking about centers, there's a big difference and compare him to DeAndre Ayton, right? These are two completely different players. Ayton's not going to be out on the break. Ayton's not going to be able to play transitional defense. Ayton doesn't have the handles. Uh, that Weissman does. Weissman, um, he, he's going to be what they call a hybrid center, right? He's not your prototypical center. Yeah, he could play a little defense. Look, I mean, again, I, I don't know how to say it. Uh, there's a big difference when you're going up and shot blocking uh, at a mid-major in Memphis, well, they're not a mid-major, but Memphis, right? Um, as opposed to LeBron coming down the lane, right? Big difference. Or Zion coming down the lane. Or trying to stop Kawhi. Or Paul George or, or any of these guys, uh, his body's not there yet, but he's got all of the attributes that normal seven footers that are at the quote unquote center position. But if you look at his statistics, uh, you know he's had a lot of up and down, and and he's on a different team, right? That ball's not going through him by any. He is not the uh, the second or third option on that team, so he's trying to get all of that figured out. But yeah, keep going.
1: Yeah, so. Another thing that, quote for a big man, quote for a center, whatever you want to categorize him as, when you're in that pain, one of the things he struggles on the most is catching the ball in traffic. He just can't do that. He does not have those strong hands. He fumbles around and bounces off his hands and leads to a turnover. We said time and time again whenever he plays the game, and we can see it's a huge thing, and that's not a great thing. That's not a great attribute to have in the NBA. reason why? Because you've going to have guys bigger, stronger, and more talented. Take Patrick example, if as ever example. If he's ever in the paint, he could just steal that ball away, right? Yeah. If you could take AD. He's going to be matching up against him yeah. in some sort of respects. If you do not make that, a uh, defender's just going to steal that away. He's going to rip it away, and he's not going to be able to defend it. as um, As you were pointing... AD does not have that strength. He does not have that big like center strength. So if you see someone as AD or even LeBron or anybody or even Giannis,
0: no, I mean he can't match up against Jokic as an example, right? We we kind of we kind of saw that last night. Although he he had his best game as a pro last night, depending upon when you're listening to this, back on January fourteenth, you know when they played the Nuggets, but he can't match up in a physical way against uh, against Jokic. But uh, statistically speaking. That game against the Nuggets, you know, was by far and away his best night as a professional. Look, here's the thing. And and um, Larry, James, um, comes into a unique situation. Uh, out of all the rooks, uh, his is a tough one. Here's why. Uh, The Golden State Warriors play such a small ball game that uh, his opportunities are going to be less. And here's what I mean. Even Kelly Oubre, the veteran, is struggling in the Golden State Warrior offense uh, because they're asking him to shoot the three and he doesn't shoot the three. It's going to be important for Kerr to understand What Wiseman does and does best. The offense still flows through Seth and Steph. And then next year, it's going to flow through Steph and Clay Thompson, right? And then as a new big man, you're still sharing the paint with Draymond, right? Draymond's been there, done that. He's not an offensive threat, but he's down there doing that sort of stuff. And then you kind of got this other additional hybrid that you're dealing with. In and Andrew Wiggins. Um, it really depends on how this look, the one thing that he has to get better at is becoming a defender. Uh, last night of uh, the 14th against the Nuggets, as an example, he looked completely outclassed on the defensive end. At seven foot tall, only grabbing two board or five boards, not good enough, right? 18 points, five rebounds, two assists, that's fine. One steal, two blocks. Two blocks is great. He's been averaging darn near two blocks a game, which you pointed out. He's a rim protector. That's. It doesn't sound like much. Well, you don't know much about the game of basketball. Averaging almost two blocks a game is a big, big deal, right? He's just got to figure out the offensive flow. And I understand that's what everybody's looking at when they start looking at what's his stats, right? First of all, you know, he's shooting, you know, shooting 48% from the field. As a rookie on that team, as quickly as that ball goes and everything going through Steph, that's a really good field goal percentage. Is he putting up big numbers? Nope. Is he going to have clunkers like he did against the Indiana Pacers? Of course. But the truth of the matter is, he's going to be figuring it all out because this offense, everything ran through him in Memphis in the very little period of time. So you got to remember, this kid played in high school. He played, what, two games at Memphis? Now coming so this is basically, you know, straight to the pros from high school sort of scenario. He couldn't even participate in in practices because of the ineligibility problem down in Memphis and Penny Hardaway and the recruiting and all of that. So a little time, a little you know, he doesn't he doesn't have that same pedigree per se. Although Anthony Edwards didn't play a lot of college ball, but he played a lot more than than James Wiseman. Yeah, I, he, he deserves a little bit better rope in figuring it all out and then figuring out what his body type is going to be and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because it's going to take time, especially a hard play down in Golden State because, of course, Steph would know, Draymond would know. All of the like, all of this stuff that goes down there, how Kerr wants them to be, because they've always been that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> this draft... Uh, didn't have those wow guys, right? So um, this is this is a really, really, really difficult draft to, to understand. But let's jump to number three, my man. Okay, perfect. Final one, the third overall pick, LaMelo Ball,
1: Art Records. Let's get into it. It was drafted by the Hornets. Okay, this man, like uh, Lamel Ball, has tons of creativity in the way he passes, in the way he just plays. This up-and-coming talent for the Hornets has a knack for creativity. He never does the same movement, never the same place stop, never the same motion, or even the same shot possession twice. Meaning, everything he does, in mean, every single different possession, is different. Case in point, if the defense comes to Mel with the same coverage on two different possessions, Mel will show two different ways of being the coverage and driving to the bucket. We've seen it a lot when he was playing in NLB, NB, um, sorry, NBL, one of those um, former leagues down there, bypassing college. And we just seen all the creativity that he had in passing the ball, getting teammates open, driving to that hoop, not afraid of taking that shot and seeing the core and awareness to have and see everybody around him. Same with passing. Passing for him is amazing. Again, his cl- his cleverness with passing happens always. It just does. It's, you just look at the highway reels. It's incredible to see mm-hmm. what he does in passing. It makes his teammates better, makes him better. And honestly, the stuff he pulls out of his tr- um ha- pulls out of his bag of tricks is just incredible. The core vision and awareness he has, that's just something many rookies. Early on, within ten games or so, that's amazing to me, and that's he's gonna keep getting better. You're, you're high on the Melo.
0: That's not where you were a couple
1: no, podcasts no, no. ago, no, my man. No, 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 no. I'm high on the creativity passing. Wait till I get to the weaknesses. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. So, um, Rick, did you want to say anything about his strengths? or you want me to go right into the weaknesses.
0: Yeah, let's get to the dirt.
1: Go to the weaknesses. Okay, perfect no matter how creative or pa- or passing talent you are, or how confident you are, or what uh, Lavar says about you, your jump shot, your shot is broken. We're looking and it gives him inconsistency and poor averages. Case in point, he uh, he push he pushes and shoots the ball with force of both hands. I don't know many I don't know many players in the NBA that has high success rates with those type of shots, with those types of jump shots. Here's the thing. You could be averaging 92 points a game, these career highs, these wow. Say
0: 92?
1: Yeah, 92 points in the game.
0: Okay.
1: But here's the thing. That's all well and good. But you have to remember, you might be like, why are you smashing on his 92-point game? He's not in a, he was never in a real league. That's not what college was. He was in a byproduct of foreign league. Um, It's just choppy, It's sloppy, it's inconsistent. He's a great ball player. His ball handling skills are amazing. But his shot, he's too inconsistent. He has to be pulling up all these shots just to get, like, free 4 And they're not that good. We can see that the... Per- The productivity uh, levels, how many he's putting it's just catching up to him. He needs to change
0: it. And my fear
1: is... Well, wait a minute,
0: though. Wait a minute. Out of the top three picks, he's got the best shooting percentage. Best shooting percentage. But here's the saying. Go ahead. You
1: can't have this broken shot. It's not going to catch up to him in a year. Teams are going to figure him out. If he does not adapt to the NBA and how to adapt to make his shot better, (laughs) he's going to fall apart. (laughs) But now I'll try him next. He's a passer. He, he's a passer, and he knows. And the thing is, not not to catch myself off guard mid sentence, but he's a passer. We all know he's a passer, and that's what making him so successful right now. Why he's not taking a lot of criticism because he's able to act on that ball, pull on that yeah, ball. But he's,
0: he's averaging six point three assists.
1: Right, right. I'm crediting him on the passing.
0: You can talk about the shot all you want. Lonzo's shot is is kind of ugly too, but so was Bill Cartwrights. And he, last time I checked, he's in the Hall of Fame.
1: Different, di- different, um, different points for Bill Cartwright. He was playing around a lead team, and the last time I checked, he was on Michael Jordan's team. The Hornets want this point guard, this guard type of ML to lead this team, and if they want him to lead this team,
0: uh, you're 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 going listen. First of all. He has the best stats of anybody in the top ten of this draft. Number two, he's made the Hornets relevant. Number three, he's got a couple games over double digit assists. He's got a couple games nearly ten assists at nine. Okay, uh, he doesn't have playmakers on that team. Well, I'm just saying. So wait, I'm, just, I, I'm like, Wait, 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 oh. no, no, no. If LaMelo Ball, say, were on the Timberwolves, his numbers would even be better.
1: But that here's what I'm trying to drive at. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. If he was this great shooter, everybody thought he was, why is he not putting up these... But he's not a shooting guard. He's a point guard, but, but here's the thing: if he was what he was in the NBL, putting up all these crazy games, but he's a point guard. No, no, no! You're missing what I'm saying. If he's bringing over the same shooting, the same motions, but that's not why they drafted him. But then
0: why? But then why is he still shooting inconsistently? Because all the same reason that other rookies struggle in the NBA. The, the top ten guys, he averages the most points out of anybody in the top ten. Okay, that's why. He's got more rebounds per game than anybody in the top 10, including the 7th floor. He's got a better percentage behind the arc and more assists. Hang on. He was was drafted to be a point guard. He doesn't have to, right now, put up all those points. What Jordan and the executive team there and Charlotte need to do is put other people around him. Was Hayward the right choice? I don't think so, but it is what it is. So he's actually doing the best out of everyone, and the expectation of him was the least out of everyone. Yeah, I'm not having LaMelo Ball. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm on
0: the mellow Ball train. I think
1: it's going to fit in five years. I don't think it's what everybody thinks he is. And let's be very clear. He played in the NBL. What ran forward that? by What's his that, father.
0: Wait, what, what does that have to there do? There was no about? great talent. It's not like
1: he went through the run. What
0: are you talking about? He's 19 years old. Where did you want him to be? And college, he was playing. He was playing in a big man's league when he was 17. 17? No, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm going to go see where he is in five years. I bet you ain't saying it doesn't matter. We're talking, about, be in we're talking about. We're talking about today. So, either to- okay, fine. So, topic number three, out of these three players, who would win the rookie of the year, Lamella Ball? Period. It's not even close. Not Larry Wiseman. Not your boy, Anthony Edwards, that has oh, that Oh, I'm not,
1: I'm not saying that he wouldn't win the rookie. I'm just saying Shaw's garbage. That's all. Who'd
0: you ever beat? Okay, I'm not an NBA. I've I seen your shot. I'm not practicing. Wait a second. No, but what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter. First of all, it doesn't matter what you, you There's no prototypical shot, right? I understand that that Lonzo and his his shot look ugly. He may not average 27 points a game, but that's not why Jordan drafted him. If this kid gets to 18 points, 8 rebounds, an assist, and a couple steals, whatever, that's a home run pick. Not everybody is going to stuff. Have you ever seen Ben Simmons shot? I'm not asking. And he just and he just signed a max contract.
1: That's one of the most ugly shots I've ever seen. But it works! It works,
0: but still If 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 LaMelo turns out to be Ben Simmons, that's a huge home run for Charlotte. What's right. your point? What's your point? My point is You got no point. I have
1: a point. What's your his point? His playmakings, passing is amazing, his rebound's amazing, the shot's ugly. Who cares? Don't you want your point? But he did. No! That's not what point guards so to be! He's basically a young Ricky Rubio. Oh, can we agree on that?
0: No, he's not as good as Ricky Rubio yet. But as a young Ricky Rubio and Ricky Rubio started out. If he has a career like Ricky Rubio, that's a pretty darn good career. That's a really good career. What's your point? who is Ricky Rubio ever
1: who is he ever done? Are you kidding me? Now you're going to be embarrassed. You're going
0: to be I'm not going to be
1: embarrassed, but who did Ricky Rubio be? Ricky Rubio did nothing. What are you talking
0: about? All those years that the Timberwolves went to the playoffs with Ricky Rubio.
1: Besides, they got shot. Okay, they went to the playoffs. They got shut down. They didn't do anything else.
0: Listen. Post Timberwolves' went. No, hold on, hold on a second. His career average is 11 points, right? Right. 40% from the field. 7 assists a game, 1.9 steals, 4 rebounds. That's a point guard. He spent 10 years in the league. He's probably made himself $100 million plus. What's wrong with that? Why does every draft pick have to be LeBron?
1: They don't have to be. I'm just saying. What are you saying? I told you I'd parent him to a young Ricky Rubio.
0: And if he has a 10-year career, averaging 11 points, Four rebounds, almost eight assists, almost two steals a game. That is a home run for a point guard, my man.
1: Right. I did it before all the hype they did with What him hype? Out. What hype? They're Lonzo, running. no. Lonzo had hype. He, he didn't have hype. Yo, yeah.
0: not all of this hype. No. Oh, not as much as his brother. You're crazy. No. He is living up to expectations. He is fine. He is right. You are wrong. I'm right. See him yeah. in five years. That's fine, and he'll probably be averaging 11 points, four rebounds, eight eight assists, and a couple steals a game. And if he's like Ricky Rubio, home run. Good draft by Charlotte. Good draft by Jordan. Good start, Lamelo Ball. You're probably going to be the rookie of the year. And Josh is wrong. In fact, to be favor, Lamelo entered the three-point shooting contest this All-Star season win it, and we'll stick it in Josh's face. Man, what else you got, know. my man? What else you got? I think that was it. All right. Look, guys. We can argue all day wrong about Josh being wrong. You, 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 being li- wrong. you listeners know that he's wrong. It's apparent that he's wrong. He usually is wrong. We call it, uh, what, what, what do we usually call that segment? Oh, uh, predictions. show sure to sure go, go wrong! wrong. Is anything that Josh has to say? That's where we'd be. Hey, listen, it's fine. Uh, that's that's what makes actually just talking about ball and the progression of these guys and who's doing what, how, where, when, and why. Look, your analysis is spot on with Lamelo Ball. I think people are are just killing on him because Alonzo and his father. Uh, the hype is that, right? I don't think Lamelo said he's going to do this. He's going to do that. I think he's coming in and taking care of business. And I'm going to be honest with you. If he has a Ricky Rubio career, makes himself over a hundred million dollars, hey, not a bad deal. Not a bad deal at all. Not everybody is meant to go to the Hall of Fame. Mark Price is one of the greatest point guards of all time. He didn't go to the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, his shot, I get it, is much nicer. His shot's ugly. So is Lonzo. I mean, LeBron used to make fun of Lonzo's shot all the time, and it was just—it's broken. That's the way they learned it. I don't know if you can fix that now. But I think, you know, the first few games out of the bat, look, all these guys are averaging about the same. They're all going through the same struggle. Rookie of the year is going to be tough. I just looked up Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls. He's playing the Bow minutes. Everybody's, everybody's averaging on like around 10, 11 points. This is not a dynamic class. This may turn out to be, when we look back five years from now, a productive, solid class. Maybe no Hall of Famers. But just like we talked about in the NBA, you need all these different guys. You, right? The Nets don't have those guys anymore, and that's really, 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 really tough. Look, here's the deal, guys. You know the routine. Courtsideheat.com forward slash store. Courtsideheat.store for all of the best merchandise. Old school, new school, future school. We got it all. Autographs, books, starting lineup figures. We got it. Jordan stuff all sold out. LaMelo stuff. Soon to be sold out, but we got some sick, sick merchandise. You can do it from a car at courtsideheat.store. You can do it from the website, especially if you like saving money, getting the best gear, courtsideheat.com forward slash store. Right? Retweet us, promote us. We're all over social media Twitter.com slash courtsideheat, Instagram.coms courtsideheat, and BA, Facebook.com slash courtsideheat. More. Social media places to come. Get the coolest videos from Dominique, Michael Jordan, Kobe. Listen, 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 listen. Everybody listen up. Got a great Kobe story right now happening on courtsideheat.com. Go read it. Deep dive. We're coming up on the anniversary of his death. There's going to be a lot of stuff out there. Josh put an amazing piece together on Kobe. We got great Kobe videos I think on Rumble and YouTube. I know it's definitely on YouTube. You'll also find it on our Facebook page. Guys, find us on youtube.com slash uh, or no, I'm sorry, rumble.com slash courtsideheat as well. Uh, we're pretty much owning Rumble uh, in, in the terms of basketball. We're on Parler. Guys, I don't know when parlor will be back, uh, but hopefully we'll be back sooner rather than later. We're going to try to get some on other platforms. Check us out on social media there. Any last word for the plebs?
1: Um, it's going to be a crazy ride this NBA season, most notably because more than 14 games that I've been keeping track has been postponed or canceled due to your safety protocols, which is not helping anybody, if you're a rookie, veteran, anybody. So it's going to be a crazy ride. Keep your eyes out on these top free draft picks. They're going to be interesting. And one last thing I want to say...
0: You want to say something else you're wrong about?
1: No, I'm right about. Okay, good. Also, Tyrese Maxey from yeah. the 76ers yeah. has been averaging 11 points to free mm-hmm. rebounds and free assists. That's
0: why I said everybody is basically putting up the same stats. They're having the same productivity. It's, it's really, uh, there's no breakouts, there's no massive failures. Everybody is just kind of mediocre at the moment. And I don't mean that as a negative thing. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, uh, I remember when Christian Laettner was the third overall pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves in his rookie year, he had 18.7 rebounds a game, and everybody was already labeling him a bust. I'm like, really? So, uh, perceptions have changed, and I think the expectations of some of these kids, this was a young class to boot, but to your point about Maxi, everybody's basically putting up the same stats. Right.
1: Now, there's one draft class I want to go back within the past five years. Yep. The 2017 draft class. We can all know Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Yeah, you can't beat. Him. I, I don't know about Trey Young. No, 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 no. I don't. I. Don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, and everybody's like Trey Young's better. Luka. Luka was the pros in your leagues even now. He's captivating this league. Yeah. I think Trey Young needs a totally different discussion for another podcast. Maybe we could talk about him in our in our next podcast episode. talking about the season. I don't think he's turning out like the cornerstone franchise piece anybody was thinking of.
0: We'll see. We're going to debate that another day. So, for now, uh, in between all of the NFL that's going to be happening in the divisional playoffs, squeeze in some basketball. Have a little fun. Uh, Join us as we argue going back and forth. I'm usually right. He's usually wrong. That's how it is in uh, every aspect of our lives. Until next time, he is Josh. I am Jason. This is Courtside Heat, the podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone.